the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Today we have an amazing guest, Pastor Mike from Southwest Calvary Chapel, in Buckeye, Arizona. And the man is amazing. I was privileged and honored to meet him uh, several weeks ago in Arizona as I was honored to speak at his church. But today we have him here today. And then don't leave us because the second part of the show, um, we're going to go through Genesis chapter 1 instead of continuing in uh, John. And it's an amazing chapter. So with that, Pastor Mike, thank you so much for being here with today. Um it's an honor to have you here. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hey, how's it, everybody? Those that's listening, Aloha from Buckeye, Arizona. But currently, I'm up in Flagstaff snowboarding with my kids up here at Snowmole. But just a brief bio um, in the secular world, I've done quite a few things to help me in my tent making. I've uh, been a tr- certified trainer and a nutritionist, and at one time or another, I was a firefighter for a large metropolitan department in Southern California, and then God moved us to Colorado where, you know, for a stint, I was a police officer for a mountain community, and during that whole time, I've always been involved in one way or another in ministry. In a little background of my ministry, I grew up Baptocostal, if I can say. I grew up in a Southern Baptist and also in an Assembly of God, so I call it Baptocostal. <laughs> and it was in my teenagers, young teenagers, really, uh, sixth, seventh grade, where I found Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa with Pastor Chuck Smith and his assistant, Romaine, where... I found my home where I wanted Chuck to be my pastor and my mentor. And so from there, I got a chance to work at the Twin Peaks Conference Center. And while I was at Twin Peaks Conference Center, I was at different Calvary chapels. And so I've had the privilege and the honor of having served on staff at several Big Calvary's, uh, I don't want to name drop, so I'll just leave them unnamed for now. Amen. (laughs) You know, but they were, you know, they were mega churches according to, you know, Church Pew and all that good stuff. But I've been in the ministry since the early, well, late 80s, early 90s. Had my own opportunity to serve as a assistant pastor, worship pastor, young adult, and senior pastor in, in Hawaii, and a pastor, you know, assistant pastor, worship pastor role in Colorado. And now I took over Calvary Chapel of Buckeye. And we recently 
uh, changed their name to Southwest Calvary to represent the Southwest region of Arizona, Southwest of Phoenix. So that's a little bio. I'm uh, married. I'm, I don't know how many years, going on 20 years, and if my wife is listening to me, just <laughs> <forgive> me. <laughs> Actually, it'll be 20 years this year. Wow. And then that is I've awesome. got two kids. I've got a teenage son. That's why we're up here in Snowball, Arizona, the Flagstaff to go snowboarding for his birthday. And then I have a you know, 13 year old daughter. So my wife is working while I'm talking to you guys. Wow. That is awesome. So I have a question, Pastor Mike. Um, how long have you now been a pastor at, uh, at Southwest, uh, Calvary Chapel in Buckeye, Arizona? Well, the tenure of my pastorate in Buckeye has been, I took over the church in 2021 of like roughly October, October, November, you know, into 2022. So a little over a year. Yes. So I, I have a, so this is interesting to me. You've been a firefighter and a police officer. How does that get you ready for ministry? I mean, does it make you more cautious? Are you, are you always looking around to see if everything is in order? Or how does that work out? Well, you, you know what they say in the police and fire world, keep your head on a swivel. And there's some, there are some things that I've learned in, you know, let's, I'll just call it first responder, both police and fire. And if I say fire law, it's kind of interchangeable, I guess, for me. But I'll say this, ministry prepared me to be a firefighter and a police officer. And oh. at the same time, while I was a firefighter and a police officer, that has prepared me for also for ministry. And the the one thing that I've noticed, having been a pastor before I got into public safety, is the spiritual warfare side of life. You know, sad to say, being an officer or a firefighter, you see the uglies of life. You see the evils of life, you know, especially in domestic violence and especially you know, where there's family abuse, you see the evils of life. And there are a few times when I've actually encountered demon possessions and just spiritual warfare. So being a pastor has taught me to be a better firefighter and a police officer. But um, being in the first responder industry, that taught me how to be a better pastor now that I shepherd my own church where, you know, I could kind of see things you know, from having seen a lot of uh, criminal activity. So when I do see visitors or when I see people just kind of passing through, I can tell if if they're genuinely seeking the Lord or if they, you know, want to join the church and they're they're not part of the church, and they but they want to join the church because they want to destroy it. So it, it both, you know, ministry and being a first responder has taught me, you know, both sides of life in ministry. That's pretty awesome. That's incredible. I mean, I, I've seen other police officers transition um, from being pastors and and something changes in them people. But I had an opportunity to meet you and and you are an amazing, genuine, uh, caring pastor. And, and that's, that's an awesome um, plus for you because you have this experience and you bring it in, into ministry. Now, you're also, you said you were a trainer. 
how long were you a trainer for? I actually became a trainer while I was in the ministry because something that I've noticed in the pastorate, and when I say this, I'm not trying to pick on anybody in particular, but I noticed the pastors behind the pulpit, a lot of them were out of shape. <laughs> That's so true. You know? <laughs> so all the donuts and everything. <laughs> part of it's kind of true. So it is. I mean, I, I've seen your pictures. You know, you were pretty yoked. <laughs> but, you know, I have a heart for the clergy just because, you know, a lot of pastors, they spend a lot of time, at, you know, they go to, you know, seminary or cemetery, however you want to see it. Sem- but, I think it's cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, there's a running joke amongst Calvary Chapel where we call it Calvary Chapel. And next thing <laughs> you know, you know, we're getting spiritually strong, but at the same time, we're eating not so best foods that are served at churches sometimes. And so while I was in the ministry, I went and decided to get a, you know, a certification and, and personal training. That way, I really had a heart for the guys behind the pulpit to help them work out. And so, you know, over the years, I've been able to help uh, some pastors be able to do a workout in their office, you know, and how to use a kettlebell and how to use food to their advantage for energy and how to play with, you know, different ways of eating. You know, you could from full on paleo to carnivore to being a vegetarian or vegan. And I'm on the notion when... God told Peter, kill and eat. I'm going to kill and eat and have a nice steak. But, <laughs> Amen. Um, you know, sad to say, well, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, right, that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I think a lot of Christians also misquote when Paul told Timothy that bodily exercise profits a little. Paul didn't say it doesn't profit. It says it profits a little. Of course, we ought to be stronger spiritually. Amen. But at the same time, we need to take care of our temples. And I'm of the notion, you know, give quality time to your eating habits and your exercise habits as much as you do your spiritual habits. And that way, you know, like the scripture says, a three-four-cold cord is hard to break, right? Amen. So spiritually, physically, and, you know, if you want to throw in nutritionally, that would be a better option for so many, not just pastors only, but a lot of Christians. You know, um, we could fare better if we have a little bit less weight on our body and a little bit, maybe a few inches on our girth so that we can serve the Lord in a capacity that He desires us to serve Him. Amen. Well said. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, how long have you been uh, married, Pastor Mike? Oh, God, this year will be 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. I, I know you answered that early, but it leads to my next question. Has it been easy? Are you one of them pastors that says, hey, marriage is perfect, man, and nothing ever goes wrong? Tell me a little bit about this journey about marriage. Well, my our marriage was kind of prophesied by some of our friends. And, you know, it was at a time when I wasn't looking, when God brought, you know, Lacey along before me. And, and to be honest and to be fair, in the years that we've been married and in the years that I've done, you know, multiple premarital and marital counseling, 
Lacey and I are a perfect picture of opposites. There is, you know, multiple personality profile tests you can take, right? There's the Myers-Briggs and there's the color code. Um, There's a test that I took with Pastor Mark Dunger, who has a ministry out of Wisconsin called Laugh Your Way Through Marriage. And in there, he also has a, a personality profile test that you can take called the flag page. And I'm not being paid to say this, but, you know, it has tremendously helped my marriage with my wife. Amen. Um, and the things that I've learned, and even through that flag page, I realize we all have a home country, right? Yes. No matter w- whether you're born here in the United States or not, we all have a home country that our family's from, right? So I'm of, you know, in background, right? I was pretty much raised here in the States, you know, and just like in the Spanish culture, you call someone that's, you know, brown on the outside and, you know, white on the inside, you call them a, you know, uh, a coconut or a banana. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so the flag page, what helped me was my home country is a fun country. And my adoptive country is control. And, and my, and my wife is polar opposite. Her home country is perfect and her adoptive country is peace. Maybe I'm wrong on which one's which, but you know, when we took our personality profile test, we're like, wow, we are polar opposites. But we know that God is center of our lives and of our marriage, and that's the key, and that's how it's worked. Amen. And, you know, every, you know, somebody that says that marriage is bliss, it is blissful, you know. But at the same time, there are challenges. And, you know, I want to be upfront and factual where, you know, these marriage gurus out there, they're like, oh, marriage is great. <laughs> yeah, you know? And if you find a perfect mate, the problem is nobody's perfect besides Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> so, but in these past 20 years, I do genuinely love my wife more than I met her. And, you know, we're growing old together, seeing our kids grow old. But, you know, marriage is a dance, you know, those pastors out there and counselors that say that marriage is 50, 50, no marriage is 100, 100. Mm. Well said. 100% from my end. It's 100% on my wife's end. And on the days that we have, you know, a little bit of a pitfall, we are, you know, that's where we pick up our slack for one another. And that's what marriage is all about, you know, when one is weak, we lift each other up through the power and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That That's pretty amazing. So you used to live in Colorado. You've lived in Hawaii. Um, it's like total opposites of each other. Now you live in the desert in Arizona. How, <laughs> how, I mean, but you have snow. I mean, you're, you're, you have some mountains, um, so how, how is that transition, Pastor Mike? How is it now in Arizona, being a pastor in Arizona and acclimating that you're, you've been there for a year? Um, how is that transitioning with you and your family? You know, the transition's been blessed. It's just because we knew that God was calling us out here from Colorado. And where we lived in Colorado, I was nowhere near Denver. We were 
like two and a half, three hours up in the mountains. And we, you know, they call it God's country out there. And we really experienced God there. But at the same time, you know, we got tired of the cold. We got tired of driving, you know, in the snow. And and God used a series of circumstances to get my family from Colorado to Arizona. And, you know, Pastor Chuck Smith, when I first learned of it as a young kid, blessed are the flexible for they shall not break. Oh, amen. You know, that is something that I take with me wherever I am and wherever I go. That way, you know, something that I learned through leadership and through, you know, training and business is you, I don't know if people have heard of it, but there's the egg, the carrot and the coffee bean, right? And, you know, struggles, trials, hardships, let's use hot water that represents that hot water represents those things. And when you put an egg in hot water, you know, eventually the egg will get hard and it will crack under pressure in the hot water. And when you put, you know, nice orange, fresh carrots in hot water, you know, again, hot water represents adversity and hardships or whatever the case might be. You put a, you know, not an orange, but orange carrot in there, the carrots nice and fresh and, but in the hot water, the carrot gets soft and mushy, but man, you, you get some coffee beans and you grind it up and you put it in hot water. The coffee bean changes the dynamics of the hot water, you know, and not only get, do you get good tasting coffee, but you get caffeine out of it. And I've just learned in ministry going from Southern California to Hawaii, back to California, to Colorado, and then now to Arizona, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken. And, you know, I've just learned to just adapt as best as I can where God places me. Amen. Does that make sense? It, it totally does. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas, and I'm currently interviewing an amazing guest, Pastor Mike, out of Southwest Calvary Chapel in Buckeye, Arizona. Um, and then don't leave because we still have a message coming after this interview. So, Pastor Mike, um, how do you like your people at your church right now? Because, I mean, you have an incredible um Church, I, I met some of the folks, and and they are amazing. How how does that work with you? Well, you know, when I first came uh, by an invitation of the founding pastor Ed Urak, you know, when I first came and led worship and you know, taught, it was Jan, not January, July eleventh, and the people were very welcoming. They were very warm, and I actually felt at home. You know, there are times when I'm sure you've been there as a pastor. You go to some churches and it's very sterile. You know, there's there's not a, a warmth to, you know, the, not only the building, but maybe the people. Agree. And, you know, when I got to Calvary, the people were very, very welcoming. You know, especially, you know, the church has been planted and established for about nine years before me taking over. And, 
you know, I told the board and I told myself for about 12 months, I wasn't going to make any major changes or, um, you know, closing down this ministry or that ministry. I just told the Lord, I said, for 12 months, let's just continue to do what Pastor Ed's been doing. And that's simply teaching the Bible, simply that Pastor Chuck told us to do. So it's been very inviting for my wife and I and the kids um, from the old to young. They've all been very, very welcoming. And for us to experience our first summer. Now, those of, uh, those of you that are listening in the San Diego County, it, it, it's, it's a bit warm. And, you know, the days that it gets to about 115 and 118, thank God for air conditioning. Amen. <laughs> you know, and, you know, the, the one, and now going back to having been a first responder, you train and you train and you train for an incident. Firefighters train for a huge fire, whether they're on the roof, whether they're on the hose, whether they're on the ladder. As a cop, you're training for shootings possibly at a school or a hostage situation. And you rehearse those scenarios and you practice those things. And so the one thing, though, as a first responder is you learn, you adapt, and you overcome. And I've just learned a ministry, moving to Hawaii. I mean, Hawaii, I wish. <laughs> but to Arizona, I've just learned to learn to adapt and to overcome. And you just got to know what to do and what not to do and use wisdom in the heat. Just like in the cold when I was living in Colorado, I had, you know, when I was a copper out there, people come to Colorado thinking, oh, it's beautiful. But then they don't come prepared with jackets and gloves and, you know, layers. And next, you know, they're freezing and they're unprepared. And, and that's one thing that I've just learned to do going to Arizona was, you know, falling on my training, uh, both physically and spiritually, to just learn, adapt, and overcome. That's awesome. I, I have a, uh, this other question. Do you do any personal evangelism outside of the church where you actually connect with people and you as well invite people to the church outside of the church? By seriously, I do. You know, I, I tend to just talk to people and, you know, when I'm in Costco, um, on a side note, you know, for pastors that have wives, a lot of wives don't like to invite their pastors or their husbands to go to Costco because in an event that they run into someone they know, next you know they they can't shop. <laughs> That's so true, <laughs> right? So true. But, you know, evangelism is what I believe in living every single day. Amen. You know, um, you know, when I was younger in ministry, I went through a class called Evangelism Explosion, right? and there was your trainer that would take you, and you're the trainee. And you would go up to some stranger and strike up a conversation. And there are some things that I've learned to do, and there are some things that I've learned not to do. And just taking my own personality, knowing who I am, and knowing that I'm just more outgoing than a lot of other people, it ends up happening when I talk to people. I ask them what they do, and I ask them how they're doing. And a lot of times, you know, them being courteous and polite, they ask me what I do. 
And soon as they ask me that, I've God's opened up the door for me. I tell them, well, I'm a teacher of the Bible. And they're like, oh, what's that? You know, <laughs> hey, what good. I do. And, and a lot of times, you know, evangelism is planting a seed. And I especially like to plant seeds for workers like at Costco or Sam's Club or at your grocery store. The ones that are there every single day working when no one wants to work because of the, you know, the, I don't want to sit and get in trouble with your audience, but, you know, when coronavirus um, came around and people don't want to work anymore. And so when I do see people, I've learned, you know, through my Korean culture, you can bridge relationships by bringing them a treat or two. And I've just learned nobody rejects donuts. Amen. Unless you're, you know, unless you're paleo or carnivore. <laughs> Every time I brought someone a donut to a store and just leave a little note saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Amen. And that style of evangelism is more important to me than, you know, taking a street sign, you know, going to some street corner saying you're going to hell and you're going to burn in hell. I'm like, you know, there's, I guess there's a place in place for that, but I believe as a believer, I believe as a pastor of a local church, you know, and just being a citizen in a local community, I think it's wiser in my opinion, when you build a relationship with someone that's working, Amen, and, you know, and just letting them know that, Hey, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm praying for you. Amen. And, and that's been blessing. That's awesome. So look, we have one minute left. Give us a word of encouragement. And, and again, thank you so much for being on the show and allowing me this to do this interview with you. I know you're in the middle of snowboarding. Um, so give us a quick word of encouragement. Well, before I go back out into the cold, one word of encouragement is this. May your life, those of you that are listening, be all about Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less nothing else. Don't prioritize theology above Jesus Christ. Don't prioritize a church above Jesus Christ. Don't prioritize this or that above Jesus Christ. Be about Jesus and he will speak to you. Powerful. Pastor Mike, I love you. Thank you so much for being on the show and we will be right back. Don't leave us today. We love you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you right back. God bless you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday to Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for spring 2023. Visit them online at www.atthecrossoceanside.com. 
That's at thecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back to the show. We just had an incredible guest, Pastor Mike Chow of Southwest Calvary Chapel, Buckeye, Arizona. And so now we continue with the best part of the show, which is at Genesis chapter 1. And next week, we are hoping to pick it up back in John chapter 15. But I believe this is a very apro chapter. And let me tell what, let me tell you why. If you can't believe Genesis, you will never believe the rest of the Bible. And it's very clear for any theologian, any pastor, any layman, any person that just came to the Lord, that Genesis is just as important as Revelation, as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as the Gospels. And let me tell you why, because it is the only book, and for lack of better words, the only religious book that ever tells you the history of the world. And that's what basically Genesis is. It's telling you and I the history of the world. And without further ado, Genesis 1-1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And this is a really powerful verse when you look at it. In the beginning, that's time. God created the heaven, that's space, and the earth matter. See, you can't have time without having space, and you can't have space without having matter, and you can't have matter without having space, and you can't have space without having time. And God did it instantly. It wasn't an evolutionary process. It was an instant thing that God created. In the beginning, time, God created the heavens, space, and the earth matter. And it matters right now because if you can't believe this, you will never believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is God. Because right off the bat, when you look at this very first verse, it says, in the beginning, God. And see, that word God is Elohim in the Hebrew. It means Elohim. It's a plural name for God. Now, this might blow you away, but Jesus in the Old Testament, there are places where he's called Elohim. You're like, wait, wait a minute. Where are you going with this? Well, before I go there, I wanted to show you some verses where the Bible literally tells you that Jesus created everything. You're like, I've never read that. And it's a good question to ask. In Colossians 1.1, uh, 1.14, it says this. It's, it's, it's interesting. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the blood of Jesus, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God. He is the image. He is the perfect representation of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now, this is mind-boggling. For by him were all things created. By Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, 
All things, not some things, all things were created by by him and for him. And it says this, he is before all things and by him all things consist. That word consist means he holds all things together. He holds everything together. Now, there's also another interesting place in Hebrews chapter 1 where it says this, God, who at sunrise times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. And here's the bomb, by whom also he made the worlds. He made the worlds. Remember, that word Elohim is a plural name for God who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image or the exact image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the creator, that he created all things, not some things, all things. Also, in John chapter 1, uh, Two and three, let me read that for you. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, in later verse, in, in a later verse, in verse 14, it says the Word became flesh. God became flesh. But here's what is powerful. All things were made by Him, by Jesus. All things were made by Him, by the Word who became flesh, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now, as we continue in John chapter 1, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Remember, he is the light. Now, you're like, wait a minute. You earlier said that that Jesus is called Elohim, that same word, in the beginning, God, that same word God in the Hebrew is Elohim. Now, in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 3, it says this, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, that voice crying in the wilderness was John the Baptist, and he's preparing the way of the Lord. Did you see that? Lord. Now, that word Lord is Jehovah. It's calling Jesus Jehovah Yahweh. Wow, that is mind-boggling. That isn't me reading it out of a magazine or an extracurricular book. It's coming straight out of Scripture. And then it says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, that word God is Elohim, but it's pointing to Jesus. Let me read you what Matthew says, or let me just better yet, since we were in John, let me read you what John one twenty three says. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, that's John the Baptist speaking, make straight the way of the Lord, as saith the prophet Isaiah. He's pointing to Jesus. He's making this path for Jesus, for Yahweh, for 
Elohim. Remember that word Elohim is plural. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim. It is plural for God. Now, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. John said in 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Now, some will say, hey, that was inserted later. It wasn't. You have early people, early church fathers who wrote that verse out before. And so it's it, there perfectly. John also said in 1 John 5, 20, that Jesus is the true God. You could never have a true relationship without believing who Jesus is, without believing what the Bible says. Now, as we go further into Genesis, it says this, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. There was water. That's when water was created. And then it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now, this might blow you away that the sun was not created until the fourth day. It says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Who is the light of the world? We just read in John chapter one that it is Jesus. The glory of God shined and he saw that it was beautiful. And then verse four says, and God saw the light that it was Good, and God divided the light from darkness, and God called the the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, some of you may have heard this crazy hypothesis that some people have put together that saying that each day was a, a period of a thousand years, or maybe even longer, that each each day could have been a million years, but that is not true. The word here that is used for day is the word, the Hebrew word yom. And here is the very first um, recorded occurrence as we look at it here. And it is defined by God as light. And there is no other way than to look at it, but to Know that that word yom means day. It doesn't mean a million or a thousand years. And its definition is very clear because it says evening and morning were the first day. Not a thousand plus another thousand years when the sun came up. It was a day. It is saying morning and it is saying and the evening and the morning were the first Day, So we see now that God in the first day created the heavens. Oh, in the beginning, time, the heavens, space, earth, matter. So all three had to be created simultaneously at the same time because without that happening, you couldn't have one without the other. There's no such thing as evolution don't believe the lie. Most of you have probably, if some of you maybe, have gone off to college and you've been brainwashed. And, and today is the perfect time to, to begin to cleanse your mind by the word of God. Heaven is more important. The truth is more important than a lie. And today I am giving you what scripture says.
And God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. You're like, that doesn't make sense. And God made the ferment and divided the waters which were under the ferment from the waters which were above in the ferment. And it was so. And God called the ferment heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, when you look at the scripture, you're like, wait a minute, it looks like there's water above and on the bottom. Yes, there was. God divided it. There was what's called a canopy. It, it kept the perfect environment. That's why people did not age. That's why Adam lived a lot of years, over 900 years. And, and that's why, if not... Just It wasn't just Adam. It was all of the first people that were living hundreds of years. They had the perfect environment, the perfect environment. And so, and it's interesting when you look at that, because now when you look at the world flood that happened, you can see that when God allowed that water from the heavens and the earth to brew from the bottom of the earth, that it flooded the whole world. And it's easy to look at that now because it had never rained when the flood happened, it was a mist that would come in and water the land. And you can continue to read into any into the future wrapped chapters, chapter 1, 2, and 3, and you can see that clearly. And so now we see that he has divided. Now there's a heaven, there's an ocean, and it's divided. And it is this. And verse 8 says, And God called the firm in heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. What a powerful, powerful reality. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. As we're going through the book of Genesis, and it's very clear that if you can't believe Genesis, you will never believe what the New Testament says about Jesus, my Savior, and those that have received him. He died on a cross for the whole world, but he doesn't become your savior until you accept that redemptive act when God brought man back to himself. And as we continue, it says, and God said, let, in verse nine, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together onto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. It was one dry Lands. Modern science now calls it the pan, Panthea. And, and it is so true because Bible describes it like that. God describes it that it was just one earth that popped up. And, and eventually after the flood, that's when all the tectonic plates and everything moved. And, and science will now tell you that. But the word of God has always told you that the earth, not the earth, not the continents, it was one earth that appeared. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he sees and God saw that it was God. You know what's interesting is is when you see all of this water it's you look at this marvelous God who when he created us he created us out of dirt and then breathed life into it that we are actually between 72 and 80 percent water. Isn't that amazing? That's the God that created you and I. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and 
fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. So now we have three days of creation. We see God who just has created this amazing atmosphere now. And again, he created light before he created the sun. You're like, how? Well, God is light. And then we see that he created all the the grass and the fruit trees and, and the rest of the trees on the third day. But look what he does on the fourth day. And God said, let there be lights in the ferments of the heavens to divide the day from night and let them be for signs, for seasons, and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the ferments of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. I don't know if you've ever looked at all the, when they take pictures of space and you see this magnificent lights that light up the sky and, the, and they look amazing. They have all these different colors in them, all the cosmos, and it just looks amazing. Look what he continues to do. And God saw and God made, in verse 16, two great lights. This is on the fourth day. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And look what he also did. He made the stars also. Do you know what the oldest thing, according to God and according to Scripture, when he created in our entire universe was the earth. That piece of dirt, matter, was the very first thing he created. You know, when scientists try to take you billions of years back, how is that possible? They're finding dinosaurs with ligaments that are still fresh, where they're still, they can still use them and, and experiment on them and and take them under trays and look at them clearly. That's because the earth is not billions of years old. If you follow genealogies, it it tends to to show us now that the earth is about 6 billion years, 6,000 years old, excuse me, 6,000 years old. So let me speed this up um, so that we can get through this message And God set them in the ferments of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and divided the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Look what he creates on the fifth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open ferment to heaven. And God created great whales And every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, what's amazing about this is he begins to create life now. All the birds and all the large animals in the the sea and every living creature. And that, that word create that he uses again is bara. 
is applied to the introduction of animal life, but not to plant life. Plants are, they are a highly complex replicating chemical system, as are the animals with reproductive programs based on a remarkable DNA molecule in both cases. However, animals possess another entity, that of consciousness, that of consciousness. And then verse 22 says this, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the sea and let the fowl multiply in the earth and eat in the morning were the fifth day. And as we begin to close, God created his best for last. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God thought that it was good. And God said, let us make Man, there it is again, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in our image. You know that you and I, if you're listening right now, created you and I in his image. He didn't do that with angels. He created you and I after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God, here it goes, God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he, them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the earth and every living creature that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb, every bearing seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of the of a tree yielding seeds to you, it shall be for meat, vegetarians at the beginning, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl in the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so, and God sought that the thing that he had made, and behold, it was, here we go, very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. It was very good when he created you. And I have my lovely wife today, that is Cleta Riojas, that is going to close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Father God, for creating this amazing earth that we get to just enjoy every day. And Father, I know that uh, there's a plan and purpose for every listener that's listening now. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would bless them, protect them, protect their journey as they continue to grow closer to you and give them wisdom that only comes from above. And Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to reach your people with the good word. In Jesus' name. name. Thank you for listening today. And come visit us, 2112 El Camino Real in Oceanside, California, at the cross church we love you and you were created in god's image we'll see you next week god bless you thanks for listening to freedom with adam riojas if you'd like to contact adam email him at freedom at adamriojas.com make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m here on k praise if you missed a show Go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas.
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday to Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for spring 2023. Visit them online at www.atthecrossoceanside.com. That's at thecrossoceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.